Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning. You know, the term disappointment is a relative term, depending on how you want to look at it. What's that? Coming to America, too. Well, you said it was a good movie. Here's the thing. You got to own up now. You said it was going to be great. You said it was going to be great. It was was certain spots in it that was was good. The cast was stupid. No, the cast was crazy. Crazy. Everybody was in that. I mean, was it a little bit cheesy? Yeah, but I didn't have expectations that Coming to America, too, was going to be, like, you know, surpassed. The original. No, not at all. It just was, it was just, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. I had, I, I laughed arf, out loud arf, a bunch. Arf, I laughed arf, out, I arf. laughed out loud a bunch. Uh, Shout out to Mon Shepard. I, I see you, Tiana Taylor. Yeah, Tiana Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I saw it too. Um, it's, it was pretty uh, interesting. Let's say the, the barbershop, <laughs> the barbershop part was obviously the best scene in the whole joint. I mean, cause I could, that just brings back memories of going into a barbershop. It just. <laughs> It, it, that was funny. That part of it was funny. What else was hilarious that was in there? Oh, when he had the interview. I hear barbershop now. I think about Joel and beating Ben Simmons. So, oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. When, he, when he had the interview, uh, when he was for going job. for the job, that was <laughs> that was spot on. That was spot on. So, you know. So uh, Did you watch it, Zubin? No, I'm not going to watch it. Zubin! <laughs> not going to watch Zubin! it. Zubin! I'm not a big movie guy. I'm not a big movie guy. That's why last week when we had the sequel question, I couldn't even – Chime in because I haven't seen that many go, movies. Well, wait a minute, though. Hold on, Zubin, man. I love see, the letter Z. I your... love Zamunda. I love the letter Z. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just not going to see it. <laughs> I'm going to have to take you. I also don't card. have Amazon Prime, so that's another problem. Unless somebody wants to give, unless Bezos wants to give me Amazon Prime for free, I'll take. <laughs> I can borrow, borrow Alan's okay. password. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can borrow my password. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'm just not a big movie guy. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy. I love Eddie Murphy. Raw Saturday Night Live. I'm more like that. Like if I were going to watch Eddie Murphy, it would be like. The let, old school. Let me be honest. I, I, I like the movie. Uh, I would have paid for it, but it was also incredible because it was for free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it, it was, was cool. Was- so, like, I'm cool with it, right? I didn't pay for it. I'm cool. This is luxury on a Friday night for my That's wife. That's the future, yeah, by yeah, the exactly. way. Yeah. Yeah. Was- used to not going to the theater and sitting home on Amazon Prime, HBO Max, exactly. Disney Plus. That's the future when you watch stuff with your kids. The theater you is stuff, your home. That's yeah, the new it, thing. it is, but I, I'd like to go to theaters to get out the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a little bit of an experience. Yeah, and certainly the big blockbuster, Fast and Furious, to see it on the screen and to see superheroes pop off. There's something about the big screen. Yeah, just ask AMC but if stock. You, if you did have, if you <laughs> did have <laughs> Amazon Prime, it would be a great opportunity to watch a you know movie was good it was funny and you know a little humor and then you could switch over to netflix and watch the biggie documentary that was that was good too another good one for the weekend so a couple movies over the weekend and a slam dunk contest kind of put me to sleep jay they 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 did cash is wrong you slept a lot yesterday they did cash is dirty they did cash is dirty the other night that's wrong that first dunk was a 50 man no it was that was a 50 they didn't want to give it to him and i think when they didn't do that it took something from me Right, it like yeah. it sucked the life out of him. At I that still point. wish he would have came back with a better second dunk, though. This yeah, but when they like, did the score on the first one, I think he probably was like, "Man, I ain't gonna win this now." And they they're against me. Yeah. You know, you can kind of you can kind of sense it. If they'd have gave him the fifty, I think he would have he would have did well. But once they once that happened, and then Obi Toppin went, and they did that, and then. Um, Anthony Simmons. And then Simmons, when then Cassius had to go again, he was behind the eight ball. It was, yeah, a, it was I, a wrap. I wish Cass would have stayed with the second one, that his original attempt. Uh, but I will tell you, if, if, I, look, I thought the dunk contest was whack. I, I got how you should fix it, though, Key. Because I, I need real superstars in a dunk contest. I need, Zach, I, I need LeBron James. I need Zach Levine. I need the best of the best in the dunk contest. Has LeBron ever did a dunk contest? No, LeBron's never did a dunk contest. And that's the problem. I'm getting angry about it. 
I'm not getting angry about it. I'm just saying as a fan, I would love to see LeBron James. Bring the three best dunkers, street basketball dunkers, in the game and make street basketball dunkers challenge NBA dunkers. That'll make the NBA dunkers come out now because their reputation's on the line. And some of these street basketball dunkers, some of these dudes doing 720s, it'll make them show out. Mm. Here's the thing, and last thing I would just say on this. The casual fan has never heard of Anthony Simons. The guy won this Anthony Simmons, yeah. Simmons. Simmons or Simons? I think it's Simons. Oh, Simons, Simons. 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 Um, The casual fan has never heard of Anthony Simons. Excuse me, Anthony Simons. He's never heard of him, and that's a problem. I didn't. Right? (laughs) When you think about Spud Webb and Mike and Dominique, and you think about D. Brown, Cedric Sabalos, Blake Griffin. I mean, those guys just... Who doesn't know everything about those guys? But you're giving me a guy. We don't even know what his last name is. I mean, give me a break, right? I mean, that's a big issue with the slam dunk contest. So we'll see what no happens. Fan. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was different. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay, so this is Keyshawn J. Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So 43 days ago, it seems, it seems like so much longer than that. So much longer than that. Bucks 31, Packers 26. NFC Championship game. Doesn't it seem more than a month and a half ago? I mean, it seems like so much has happened here. That was just 43 days ago on January 24th. Super Bowl seems like a long time ago. It does. Now, everybody was asking, essentially, after that game, you know what happened with the fourth down. Are we in four-down territory? Are we not? (laughs) It's going to be talked about forever. Matt LaFleur opened up to Peter King of NBC Sports, and Matt essentially said, look, we're 13-3 and in back-to-back years. We're on the brink of the Super Bowl in back-to-back years, but no one's happy. And that's the life you live when you're the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and the expectations are what they are. So a reminder, Aaron Rodgers goes incomplete on first and second down on maybe the most important drive of the season. And then LaFleur told Peter King after that second down pass went incomplete that LaFleur regretted not telling Rodgers in his ear, quote, hey, we might not be in four-down territory here. I think Aaron, along with almost everybody watching, thought they would be in four-down territory. He expanded to King. Quote, one thing you definitely learn, I know my communication with Rodgers should have been better in that situation. Really? Maybe on that third down, we do something a little (laughs) bit different. His mindset was, we got four downs here. It comes down to communication, and that's something I got to learn from and be better with him. A mea culpa from Matt, finally. Really, though? I mean, like, it took you this long. What is it, 49 days? 43. 43 days to figure out that, or or it take you 43 days to finally come out and say it? Because I'm sure. I think it's the latter. I think, I'm sure, as soon as it happened, he was We like, were talking about it. Damn, I really screwed that up. So he took a step back. He thought about it. He's hearing about it. And he finally said, this is the opportunity. We're getting ready to start free agency. We're getting ready to start the offseason. So let me step out there and take one for the team and let everybody know that I completely screwed everything up. Yeah, you know that old line, uh, fall on the sword, that typically implies that you're falling on the sword for somebody else. No, he pushed himself on the sword, which I thought he should have did the day afterwards. Day after? You mean right as soon as it happened? Yeah, own it. Look, that's on me. That's my job to be better in that scenario. Look, now granted, it feels like his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, is probably at a really good place where he feels confident in that. But I, I think sometimes when you let these things linger, and you know how we are with these scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, you love the ID network. <laughs> we out here trying to figure out, like, what's, what's the angle of attack? Like, what do you think actually happened? The more you allow that stuff to fester, the more that can seep into your relationship. Like, granted, he's in a good place, but I, I would have combated that the day afterwards. Well, look, here, here's what I would say, Zubin. 
and and I'm sure the 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 Green Bay fans and the Green Bay haters and the Aaron Rodgers fans and Aaron Rodgers haters are driving the cars, listening on the radio, whatever the case may be, saying, "Well, they wouldn't have won the game." No, that's true. They would have had to score two points right. after if the, if they would have scored the touchdowns, they would have had a try a successful two point conversion to get it tied to send it into overtime. All that's fine, but give them an opportunity and a chance to at least try. And if they don't get the two-point conversion, let's say they, they score, but they don't get the two-point conversion. Now they get the onside kick, they recover it, they go down, kick a field goal, win the game. Correct. You, you just – I understand what happened 43 days ago, that they didn't convert, they didn't do things. But it's about the opportunity. If you don't ever give me the opportunity and you take that from me, exactly. then, then what? That what third, am I left with? That third down scenario, maybe if you know you're only going – you know, you're not going four downs, you try to run that and punch that thing in there. You gotta he should have did that anyway, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, he he should have did that anyway. He had a lane. I, yeah, I don't know, I don't what, know Aaron, what he's thinking. Yeah, I don't know what he saw, what flashed in front of him. It's a lot going on. When you're on that freeway, man, and until you are out there on that field and you're watching all these different colors flash in front of you, it to us on television and us seeing it, it looked like he had a, 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 a clean lane to just walk into the end zone. Sometimes it don't feel that way in person. Indeed, if you feel bad as a Packer fan, here's the one thing I would tell you to make you feel better. And I almost feel like I've got to defend LaFleur here, not that play call, but his overall tenure. In his first two seasons, that? Mike Holmgren, 18 and 14, you know he, what he brought to town, right? A chip. Mike McCarthy in his first two years, 21 and 11, you know what he brought to town? Yep. A chip. Matt LaFleur, 26 and 6. I like it. Way better than Holmgren and McCarthy out of the break. I like it. I okay. have no problems with him. We'll see. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Many hoping that uh, LaFleur may have been more progressive on that drive considering who your quarterback was. Speaking of quarterbacks, on the way, the one QB that the Bears absolutely need to have this offseason, and it's not that guy in Houston. We'll get into that after Jay has this from Straight Talk. That's right, Chi-Town. We need that Straight Talk, so it's time for some Straight Talk. Look, your tax return could look different this year. But you're still going to hear a lot of the noise about how to spend it, right? So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, do yourself a favor. Just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Russ, say what you want. Say what you want the Seattle Seahawks to do, whether that's trade you or what they need to do from a player acquisition standpoint. If the Seattle Seahawks are not in the next Super Bowl, someone's going to have to go. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 
slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He hasn't said it, mm. although his mm. agent sort of mm. said, if you do, here are the four I'd like. That was agent Mark Rogers putting his name on it to Adam Schefter. I think that's the thing that got lost in the report in which he named the four teams. It's the fact that his agent went on the record and told the NFL's best insider, he doesn't want to go anywhere, but if he does, it's to one of these four locales. It's an odd move, but... We'll see how it all works out. For more on this, let's bring in Dan Orlovsky. Spent a dozen years playing quarterback in the National Football League. Daniel! D.O. And is our What's up? QB. What's, good morning, fellas. Good I see, morning. I see you with the what's up. What's up? All cool in the morning? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? So here's what's up. Dan, over the weekend, as Dan joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, um, listen, uh, came out. That the Bears are essentially saying that they have locked in and many people are saying that they, have, they are now looking strongly at doing whatever they can to try to bring Russell Wilson into the fold. It's sort of become their top priority, which might seem obvious on the surface, but uh, pulling these things off are easier said than done. But the Bears apparently have dipped their toe in the water. Russell Wilson has, of course, uh, shown some interest. He's one of the four teams, is the Chicago Bears. So how imperative is it that both sides are interested that the Bears do everything in their power to try make, to make this happen. Ah, Z, that's where you're wrong, man. I remember my father when I was young, I was growing up, and he said, don't try, do. Uh, the, the Bears should not be doing everything they can. They should be doing anything that's needed, okay? I, I think the simplest way to put this, Z, is if they don't pull this move off, if they don't get Russell Wilson or maybe Sean Watcher, but Russell Wilson – their biggest question to be answered is, where are we going to work in 2022 if you're Matt, Matt, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace? That's the likelihood is if they don't get Russell, they're looking for jobs next year. Now, it's going to cost a lot to get him, right? That's why it's whatever is needed. It's going to cost a lot to get him. But then if you get him, you have to answer the question of, how are we going to build our roster without our next three or four, four first-round picks? <laughs> what question do you want to answer? That's, that's the biggest the, the takeaway for me is, what question does Chicago and their two leaders want to answer. Where are we going to work, or how are we going to build our football team without those picks? And when it comes to Russell, it's starting to remind me of the Carson Wentz situation in Philadelphia in regards to the silence from Carson Wentz spoke volumes. And we're in the time frame of being the easiest time ever to make a comment or a statement, a post on Twitter, a post on Instagram, some form of social media post. Russell Wilson hasn't said a single thing to refute anything coming out of Seattle, to refute any of the claims, to refute the desire to be traded. He had, and it, it would be so easy as just to make a simple social media post, and he hasn't done that. That, to me, speaks mm-hmm. volumes. That, to me, says, I want out, and I want out now. Dan, being our offensive coordinator here on ESPN for football, I'm going to ask you, how does Russell Wilson fit into Matt Nagy's system, though? It's okay. It's not a great fit. You know, Matt Nagy's system is the one that he learned from Andy Reid, and that was kind of thrived or really started to thrive in Kansas City under Alex Smith. And both Alex and Russell are athletic. Russell is significantly more athletic. Um, Listen, football-wise, it's not a great fit. 
football-wise, because it, it key for me, it's never should they fit. It's always can they excel. This is a poor offensive line, and if they don't keep Allen Robinson, it's a poor skill group on the outside or a subpar skill group on the outside. So it's not the best football fit. Now, you would imagine that Matt Nagy would be able to evolve and adjust and go, okay, we need to utilize more play action. If anyone's ever heard me talk over the last two years, I was pounding the table and begging for them to use more play action pass with Mitchell Trubisky because it allows his athleticism to, athleticism to be a little bit more of a part of the play. So they'd have to do that a little bit more. Russell doesn't excel in the quick game because the vision, you know, he, the reality is he doesn't, the inability to see quickly with some of the offensive line holes and the height difference. So that's a big part of their offense is catch and throw and catch and throw with that West Coast type of philosophy. And so Football-wise, just on the surface, football-wise, it's not the ideal fit for a quarterback to go play there, no. Let's talk about the quarterback that Russell Wilson, I guess he wanted that Prescott's job, according to his agent, as one of the spots that Russell wanted to potentially go to if there was a trade that can go down. We all know what you would do with Dak Prescott. What what do you think the Cowboys are going to do with Dak? I don't think they're going to get a deal done. I, I think they're going to franchise tag him. Uh, who's going to get cold feet? That's my question. It's like, who's going to get the cold feet today and into tomorrow with finally making the move that either way, one side is going to be uncomfortable with? Who's going to get left at the altar, so to speak? And so, you know, I, I actually, Mike Tannenbaum's on uh, Get Up With Us this morning, and I've got a question for him that I just want to fire off because I'm lost within the situation of how it's going to happen. Because everyone continues to say the number is X. He ain't going to take less than the number. And when that number gets accepted, the franchise tag is 37 plus, the Cowboys can't field a football team that's going to be competitive in most people's minds. Mine, certainly. So how does it happen? And so I think that by tomorrow afternoon, there will be a franchise tag offered out to Dak Prescott. I don't know if he'll sign it in that moment. I think the Cowboys are in an awful situation when it comes to their question has to be this, Key. In one year from now, do they want to be financially cap-hindered or without a quarterback? Mm. Dio, another quarterback in Texas, Deshaun Watson. What do you think the Texans are trying to accomplish by essentially playing hardball? Dude, I don't know, Jay. That's my point. Because I continue to hear people say, well, the Texans are planning on just making him sit out this year. What does that do? Does, like, what, what does that do for you? Does, do you gain some type of financial payback or do you get a pick because of that? No, it gains you nothing. And what I'm struggling to understand is this blood is not on Nick Cesario or David Culley's hands. This situation was there. They got there. They inherited this mess. They did not create it. And so at the end of the day, like they've got to sit back and go like, this is not on us. We've got to do the best job with what we were presented when we came here. Nick Cesario, the new general manager's job is not to fix the relationship with Deshaun Watson. It's to fix the organization, to rebuild the organization. And it's almost like we've all had that when we're younger and we're naive and we're stupid. That person that like, when we're in a relationship with them, they just tell us like, it's over. And we continue to like reach out and we continue to call or we continue to text and be like, Hey, no, 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 please take me back. And they're like, no, I'm done. I've moved on. The relationship is broken and we won't accept it. At some point, Houston's just going to have to sit back and accept it. Let me ask you And this. just understand that it's just business. Mm. Let me ask you this, Dan, before we let you get out of here. 
three spots in mind for Alex Smith, Jacksonville, Chicago, or back in Kansas City? Which one makes the most sense? Uh, Jacksonville. Chicago, listen, if Chicago, I love Alex Smith. Chicago's not lo- looking for Alex Smith. Uh, Kansas City, no. And then Jacksonville, I love the fact I'm a big believer in having a veteran quarterback there for a young rookie. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be there. So I love the fact that you could teach a guy. His impact on Patrick Mahomes cannot be said enough. So I like him in Jacksonville. Mm. We'll wait to see what happens. He certainly has been an excellent teammate. I think Patrick Mahomes is bent over backwards to essentially say he wouldn't be the quarterback that he is if he didn't have the support of Alex Smith out of the gate in Kansas City. It easily could have been Favre Rogers. Hey, kid, you're coming to take my job. And in no way, shape, or form did Alex Smith yeah. do that. And that sort of stuff is remembered by people around the league, especially when you got a young kid with long hair that's going to be the future of your franchise and could use a little guidance. Dan, thanks. We'll see you with uh, Mike Tannenbaum and the crew. Thanks, in fellas. about 35 minutes on ESPN. Thanks All right, coordinator. Have a good day, boys. <laughs> you too, brother. Nothing more than a backup, though, right? You broached those three options. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I, I tried to connect, right? I tried to connect the three teams for Alex Smith with relationships. Mm-hmm. Back to college with Urban Meyer, obviously, at Utah. We know Matt Nagy had him in Kansas City, and we know he was in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So you look at those three spots, they get significantly better as a backup in Kansas City. And then when you look at, much like Dan said, the tutelage, a veteran guy uh, with a young quarterback in Jacksonville. And then, you know, depending on what what Philadelphia – not Philadelphia, depending on what Chicago wants to do at the quarterback spot, maybe it fits as a backup situation to them. I want to see Alex Smith win. Uh, In my heart, I want to see him be a starter one day. But I'm not going to tell you guys that every time he walks in the field, I don't go, (gasps) like I'm just – it's always the case now, man. It's always the case. No doubt about it. And I think that's the biggest concern. And by the way, Mahomes continues to push uh, the Alex Smith train. He just came out a few days ago saying it would be crazy. It would be amazing if somebody had him on their roster just for, for what he could do for the locker room. So clearly, football's most successful people think he has some sort of role on a Absolutely. team. Absolutely. He can still play. No doubt. I mean, have you seen some of the backups in the National Football League? Um, he was 5-1 and one with the Washington football yeah. team. I mean, come on, man. 5-1. He put him in the playoffs. Joe Flacco was a backup. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know. Right. And think about it. Denver and the Jets. I mean, these guys mm. can just hopscotch forever. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure Alex would have approached that. And in his mind, he probably thinks he's still a starter in this league for somebody. And that may, at the end, that may come. We just cringe because of much like Jay said, it's about the leg, right? It's just like that we can't get that out of our minds about Alex Smith. Because every time he's tackled, the first thing we do is go, Please get up. Uh, like, did he tackle him too hard? I mean, think about it. In his first game back, they play the Rams, and the first guy to hit him is Aaron Donald. I mean, think about that for yeah. a second. I mean, yeah, and like, Aaron what Donald talked about taking his foot off the throne a little bit too, right? So, right. I mean, it's it's not just the hit. It's the angle of the All hit. That's what, I, yeah. that's what I worry about. We just about. don't want to see that again, but I think he may be over that now. Yeah, it's an amazing comeback either way, no doubt about it. On the way. In one minute, Jay's first half NBA midseason awards, and we are going to run down a bunch of categories, including the typical stuff, MVP. But who's the most improved player in the league? We talk about all the constellation of stars at the All-Star game, but Jay's going to give you a couple names you need to keep your eye on in the second half of the season right after this SportsCenter update. Speaking of stars... Steph Curry wins his second three-point shooting contest. He was amazing down the stretch. It was actually some clutch shooting, which uh, Steph has shown us on a bigger stage 
for sure, but he got it done when he needed to. He actually dedicated the win to Clay Thompson, which I thought was pretty cool. As Clay continues to battle back, Anthony Simons wins the slam dunk contest. He plays on the Portland Trailblazers. DeMontis Sabonis was your skills challenge winner. All-star game won by Team LeBron by 20 points. From the NBA to college basketball, they call it Arch Madness. The Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in St. Louis was won by Loyola of Chicago. Remember, they had that miracle run to the Final Four in 2018. They knocked out the Drake Bulldogs 75-65 yesterday to punch their ticket. Selection Sunday is six days from today. Black History Always. Today is International Women's Day. It's part of Women's History Month. And today we honor Jennifer King, the NFL's first full-time black female assistant coach. She is with the Washington football team. And she will join us coming up in just about an hour or so. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Spend your tax return wisely. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk. The first half of the hoop season is in the books. And Embiid scores! But it's never too early for Hardwick. James gets by him. James slams it home. Jay Will's NBA Midseason Awards. And we begin, of course, with the most important regular season award of all. MVP. So this one is coming down to, like I said before, I think Nikola Jokic is in the conversation. LeBron James is there. He's third on my list right now. Joel Embiid is second. I know they have the best record in the East thus far, up a half a game on the Brooklyn Nets. But I'm going with James Harden. I've been saying this the whole time. The fact that Kevin Durant's been out so many games this year, James Harden pretty much averaging a triple-double, it feels like, has really stepped up. And the reason, I just feel like also they're coming. With the addition of Blake Griffin, hear me. If Kevin Durant is healthy, with Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, it's over. It's over. I, I will pick them to be the favorite over the Los Angeles Lakers. James Harden right now is my MVP. You can wave me off key, say whatever you want. He's the perfect player to fit with how James, Kyrie, and KD play. And that would be a second MVP award. They often say defense wins championships. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to Philly. Ben Simmons. Uh, just the numbers are off the charts. Obviously, Rudy Gobert can be in this conversation. Some people will probably choose Rudy Gobert. But I just have this burning image of Rudy of Ben Simmons going against Luka Doncic, where he just held him to one of the worst games. And, look, people need to start giving this player the recognition that he deserves. We always want to see him shoot jump shots. We're waiting for him to become LeBron James to a degree. He's not that type of player. He is a defensive player of the year candidate, a guy that can set up your teammates, make the game look easy, push the ball in transition, and he is an absolute dog on the defensive end. Speaking of make it look easy out of the gate, Rookie of the Year. LaMelo Ball, man. Tyrus Halliburton could be in this conversation for the Sacramento Kings, too. He deserves a lot of praise. He was one of my sleeper picks in the NBA draft. But LaMelo Ball has just been this guy, man. Look, he didn't start, okay? Came off the bench, worked in. Now he's a full-time starter, shooting the ball from really deep. And he's, he's magical with the basketball, man. He makes plays. There is a Luka Doncic in him. And, but also, look, man, Ooh. he has that swag to him. We all know it. He has that swag. You feel like he's uh, he's in Hollywood, but in Charlotte. But uh, so Jay, with that being said, rookie of the year at midway season point. At some point in time, as I said a month or so ago, can he be, if not the face of the NBA, one of the young faces? Of the I NBA? one of the young faces. I just don't know about the face yet. There's still a lot to be accomplished for me uh, to absolutely. say. Absolutely, yeah, but absolutely, he has the potential. 
He has the potential. LaMelo, the first rookie in 60 years to lead rookies in scoring, rebounding, assists, and steals at the break. And as Jay said, didn't even start, I believe, till February. He wasn't even starting till February. So think about that. Points, rebounds, assists, steals. 60 years since we've seen a rook do that. I think Michael got this one right. Michael, of course, was never this in his career. Six man of the year. We're going out to Utah. You could talk about how Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert feel disrespected. There's no way they're in a the position they are right now unless Jordan Clarkson pops off. I mean, for 18 points per game, there's, he feels like he is that guy in Utah. As confident as Donovan Mitchell feels like he's a superstar, Jordan Clarkson believes he's a superstar. Crazy that he was once playing for the Lakers and could put up points, but like he is that player. Shoots unlimited range, and has the moxie of a superstar. All them young players, Jay, that we had, Ingram, uh, Jordan, uh, Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, the guys Ball. that we moved on, Ball, Julius Randle, they turn, they're turning out to be yes, some pretty – Larry Nance, they're turning out to be some pretty good players. So yes, the Lakers obviously did a good job in terms of their selections. I always find a way to bring it back to the Lakers. I like you what can you always, do you can always. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just, you mentioned the Lakers. <laughs> I just followed up. That's all. You know who, believe it or not, the Lakers are looking up at? Coach of the Year. Going to the second-place team in the Western Conference. Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. I mean, one hell of a job. I, I knew that when they got CP3 this summer, I was like, okay, they'll compete in the yeah, Western. Yeah, I didn't they'll think compete, so either, though. Man. Like, compete. Compete means be a six or seven seed. Yeah. Like, I knew that they were undefeated in the bubble, but, it you know. Beat it, a team here and the there. bubble, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, guys are going to go off. It's but they are a squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, CP3, the way he's led them, Devin Booker becoming an all-star, which, look, I thought Devin Booker should have been an all-star. CP3 should have gotten an alternate spot due to AD. Whatever way you pan out, this team, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mikel Bridges, they have the pieces. They're, they are dangerous. I'm not saying they can win the Western Conference, but damn, second place, Monte Williams, coach of the year right now. 24 and 11 overall. Jay, let me ask you about CP3, though. When he was on the move, how come no teams that was real like championship contenders? Because of that money. The money. Mil, right? <sighs> so that he money not, was a lot of money. But is he not worth that money as you look at him playing right now? Depending I mean, on where you are in the cap. I mean, look, I always thought I would have loved to see CP3 become a Clipper again. Yeah. I, I think that's a dynamic Leadership, that sometimes they, needed that. they miss a little yeah. bit. Uh, but, you know, what do you have to give up? In order to get a CP3, it takes away from some of your depth and things of that. So I'm sure like Lou Will or, you know, a lot of draft picks, things like that would have definitely been involved in the draft mix. I just want to see him win. He's one of those guys that I want to see win a championship. But it might be tough in Phoenix. Well, there was that one time he could have been on the Lakers. I don't want to bring that up. Sorry. Okay. Got voided. Got voided. (laughs) Yeah. Next up, who's shown the most growth? Most improved player. So my man, Jay Rose, Detroit stand-up. It's been... A lot of tough years for Detroit. A lot of tough years. Jay Rose and I talk about it all the time, but Jeremy Grant, I mean, it dude's averaging 23 points per game. He leads them in points. And just the maturation that he's taken from last year as a guy, you remember if you saw him in the bubble, a defensive player going against LeBron James, it's, he was just a defensive guy, a guy that kind of fit in here and there. I did not expect him to become the star player for the Detroit Pistons. Big ups to Jeremy Grant becoming a star at this level. And that size, that frame, can give it to you in a variety of ways on the, on the court. Here's the one thing I would say, key calling for the travel. You know they don't do that in the NBA anymore. They no more travels in the, in the NBA, NBA. Key. 
Here's what I would say about Jeremy Grant to buttress your point, and then we'll get to a really interesting discussion about one name we haven't heard in this entire discussion. Last five years, points per game for Jeremy Grant, 5.4, 8.4, 13.6, 12.0, 23.4. And when it was 12.0, he was a defensive guy for Denver last year. He was a guy guarding LeBron James. That was his role in a spot-up shooter here and there. No mm-hmm. doubt. He's been mm-hmm. with four teams, well-traveled Oklahoma City, the Sixers, as Jay said, the Nuggets, and then balling out here in mm-hmm. Detroit. So just remind me again, your MVP candidates. It was James Harden then. James Harden, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and Jokic. Okay, so some people would say LeBron not being in the top two. These are your rankings, yeah. of course. But uh, what would you say to those that say LeBron minus AD, basically taking one game off the entire first half of the it's season? It's incredible. It's incredible. It, it, it is incredible. Look, I, this. everybody, we, we love to live in this reality where it's like, hey, this is cemented. This, this is fluid, man. Like this is. I thought LeBron lost some steam for those five or six games when AD and Dennis Schroeder weren't there when they really, really struggled. Now, is that fair? Probably not. But I still have these expectations of LBJ that he is superhuman, that he can do things that are superhuman. Now, he is doing that considering he barely took any games off in the first half of the season at 36 years old after having a short window of rest from last year. I think, I think it will come down to LeBron James and James Harden. And I look, Joel Embiid is there, but I just feel like if the Nets can get fully healthy, the Nets are going to surpass Joel Embiid in the 76ers in the East. And LeBron James, if he keeps playing at this level with AD coming back, hopefully it will come down to those two. How long has it been since AD, what has it been, two weeks? I don't know. It feels like a month, don't it, man? It feels long, but it's probably been about two weeks. And, and LeBron, look. It, two, three weeks. I mean, all-star break now, adding another week. I think he, uh, in the end, it's going to be James Harden, I think, and LeBron to push in the end. Um I think some of it because Brooklyn is going to probably, as you mentioned earlier, get Blake Griffin, it sounds like, just based on the people you know in the NBA, that that's going to take something away from James Harden. You think the, so? Because they now got four – it's going to take something away. See, I think, that, I think that adds to James Harden. I think it makes it even scarier. You know why? Because, look, Blake Griffin, one of the jokes we had on NBA Countdown was that my man has not had a dunk. It felt like in a year. Like, we started tracking the days. <laughs> How many days without a dunk for one of the most athletic players in the history of the game, right? Since 2019, my man did not have a dunk, Key. Didn't have a dunk. You know what his specialty is? Pick and pop. No, All I, day I, long. No, I get it. So, for James, when it, come on, Blake. Come up here. Pick and pop. An assist <laughs> or turn the corner. Kick it to Kyrie. Kick it to KD. I think it only helps James Harden even more so. Believe it or not, he's actually shooting a lot more three-pointers now, which is something you didn't think you would say. It's been three weeks, by the way, just about three weeks since Anthony Davis has yeah, been he'll be out. back in two. April 10th, Saturday night, ABC. I'm sure Jay will be there on the pregame. Lakers or at not. Yeah. Nets. Oh, no, I'm there. I'm, I'm back Saturday, now, April 10th. <laughs> Lakers at Nets. You're the worst. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say nothing. I didn't do anything. Or not. On the way back to the NFL, <laughs> franchise tag day is tomorrow. So why does our front office insider say the real day to watch is a week from tomorrow? We'll have that after Key has this from Cintas. Yes, today people expect a new level of clean. Cintas provides a wide range of essential products and services that help businesses keep their facilities, employees clean and safe. Cintas will keep you well stocked with essential supplies like face masks, hand sanitizer, gloves, and thermometers. Cintas will, can't even try to say that word, hygienically 
clean and deliver Got your it. uniforms. I had to pause for a minute there, Jay. Centos also helps you protect employees and customers with first aid and safety supplies and fire protection services. Centos helps you open your door with confidence every day. Learn how Centos helps you keep your business clean and safe at Centos.com. Get Centos and get ready for the work day. That was a big word. So why is that March 9th deadline so critical? Dak Prescott has leverage because he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. That is all the leverage you need. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You just heard the best case, worst case for that one team in Texas with a big quarterback issue to address But there's another team in Texas that has a big QB issue of their own, and today's best-case, worst-case is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. And for more on that, we bring in Todd Archer. Todd's been covering the team so long. He was there when Key was rocking the star on the helmet. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Todd joins us. Todd didn't like me. On the good Todd, did you write bad articles about Key? Is this true? That's not true. We all love Keyshawn. (laughs) Keyshawn told us the truth. Well, I try every now and then. What's the well, uh, truth? But it was the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. Let me ask you this for the, for the uh, Cowboys, Todd. What is the best case scenario in this situation? The, the best case scenario for the Cowboys is you have Dak Prescott signed to a multi-year agreement, whether it's four years or three years or five years, whatever it is. So you have assuredness that he is their quarterback, not only in 2020, but. 2021, 20, or 2021, 22, 23, going forward. And this thing has dragged on so long that it's taken on a life of its own. But without that assuredness that he's the guy, you enter a season this year to where he's – to where you wonder what they're going to do with the position already going forward. And that's never where you want to be with your quarterback, especially coming off a, such a poor season with him coming off the injury. The Cowboys have to know he's the guy – not only for this year, but the next three, four years going forward. Todd, how bad could bad become in this worst-case scenario? Well, I mean, if they don't have it done, right, then we're asking the questions of where are you going next year, Dak? Can the Cowboys really afford $54 million on the third tag? Do they draft the guy in the first round? 
when did they start playing that first round pick? Uh, so, you know, I don't think it would affect Dak's play because it look, look, none of these contract negotiations from 2019 to last year have affected how he's played. He's, he's played better each season. So I, I don't think you see that impact on him, but I think it would impact the entire organization because everybody's going to know that the door is open for him to leave after this season. Tag deadline day tomorrow, Todd. Todd Archer covering the Dallas Cowboys joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's tomorrow. But our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, joined our program earlier this morning and actually said the date you need to keep in mind is a week from tomorrow. Here's Mike's rationale. Jerry Jones made a mistake by not signing Dak two years ago. Now with the cap going down, they are really up against the wall. And I think Dak Prescott has massive leverage. And if I'm Dallas, I throw in the towel and make sure I get a deal done by March 16th because then when free agency starts, that gives me the best chance to have the best roster short-term and long-term. So that's March 16th. Free agency starts March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So Mike essentially saying, just get your biggest gun in the holster and then let's see what we can do. What do you make of that statement? I agree with what Mike's saying. The one issue I would take is, let's say he's under the tag for the next week at $37.7 million. Whatever that cap number is going to be on a multi-year agreement that they would get by March 16th, it's not going to come down so prohibitively to where it's going to open up cap room and they can go sign a bunch of guys to to make this roster better. Remember, this is a defense that needs help on every single level. They're not going to be major players, whether they have a Dak Prescott contract extension done or if he's playing on the, on the franchise tag. They're not going to go out there and get a bunch of free agents a, that's not how they've operated in the last decade plus. B, they just won't have the financial wherewithal to do it against the cap. So they're kind of stuck where the, the next thing they have to do is hit on every single draft pick. And while they've been better drafting here lately under Will McClay, hitting on every draft pick is a difficult thing to do. And you need impact guys not only around at number 10 overall, but you need your second-round pick to be a starter and your third-round pick to be a major contributor right away. That doesn't happen every year, and the Cow- but the Cowboys wouldn't be able to afford that to not happen for them to be a playoff team in 2021. That's a good point. The draft did obviously find them, though, Dak Prescott. So it did work in one way for sure. Todd, thank you very much. We'll continue to monitor everything leading to tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right, it. Todd. Thanks, Todd. So let me pause, let me pose this to you because you said this yesterday when we were speaking about it. One of the reasons I know you had said, you know, pay Dak the money or let's just get it moving in the right direction is because of how great he looked through the first quarter of the season before mm-hmm. he got banged up. But let me just throw the other side of it. Not to saying the Cowboys are thinking this, but while that's an argument you could use, could you also say that Russell Wilson looked better through five games and then was on an MVP pace and then realizing the rosters are a little bit different, didn't look like that when Week 17 was there. So is there an argument to be made that, yeah, Dak was playing great, out of his mind, best start in Cowboys history passing-wise, but even if he was healthy, you can't guarantee success because if you run back the tape, us on Week 5 after the Seahawks were 5-0, and we were gift-wrapping him mm-hmm. the MVP. And yeah. look at how much Russell struggled down the stretch. Two different guys, just throwing it out. No, you can always find an, an argument to create, right? I mean, it's, but guess what? That's not my problem. I don't care what Russell Wilson did. I know what I was doing, and I know what my client was doing. So, in the end, the Cowboys have to realize 
that he was showing them something that hadn't been done, as you just mentioned, at the quarterback spot for the Dallas Cowboys. And I understand Russell Wilson's situation was such that we were giving him the MVP and, oh, my God, he threw five touchdowns and, oh, this, and he beat Cam in New England. And I, I get all of that, but that's not the Cowboys' issue. The Cowboys' issue is Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott needs to get paid. Whatever those numbers are, they're not good enough right now. That's why the deal hasn't gotten done. Especially with all those weapons they have. I mean, can you imagine if you do try to take a quarterback in the first round and you try to tag him for the third year? I mean, what you're going to have to start playing that, that rookie quarterback sooner or later, right, to make that transition. With that, that's, that's a horrible look. That would be a really bad look for Jerry Jones. I, I don't ever remember Jerry, and i and I got to scratch my head, but I don't ever remember Jerry losing a franchise player, not just a quarterback, but a player when the contract has come up. They've always, if my mind serves me right, has gotten a deal done at some point in time. We'll wait to see what happens. We're going to switch gears, go back to the NBA. The All-Star game lost Simmons and Embiid over the weekend, but the prohibitive finals favorite in the East just added something really big. We'll talk about that at the top of the hour. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.